This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. All right, somewhat appropriate for the subject of this episode. The white zombie-esque intro music should be fading away. This is Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow. I'm happy you can join me. Remember, you can listen to me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Today, I kind of have an idea uh, I want to talk about. I don't know if it's super in-depth, but it's intriguing. I find it very intriguing. Truth be told, right out of the gate, I'll level with you. I've been a huge Metallica fan for quite a few years, probably starting in late middle school, for sure early high school. Uh, I got started much different than a lot of my friends who are big Metallica fans. Uh, I started out with the Black Album, which uh, in some circles would be a uh, heresy. I mean, it would it's not good. Most of them started out with maybe Kill Em All, but a lot of them were Master of Puppets and Injustice for All, for good reason. I don't know if they're my favorite band anymore, but they're definitely in my top I would say at least top five, for sure top five. Top three, I don't know. They've, they've been replaced by uh, Kill Switch Engage and uh, really anybody that has Howard Jones, the former lead singer of Kill Switch Engage, on them. But that's beside the point. I kind of want to talk about how I think shop management, be it owners or managers, have a lot to learn. Like they could learn a lot from Metallica and the story of Metallica. I don't know about so much the origin, not that it's unimportant. Uh, essentially, you have the two members, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, meeting through classifieds. And for those of you that don't know what classifieds are, uh, we used to get these things every day in the mail called newspapers. Uh, you had to subscribe to them, but they had our news in them. And in the back, they would have the classifieds. That's where you would sell stuff, you know, cars for sale, uh, put a notice out about your garage sale. Uh, people even look for dating. They met uh, because of an ad. They each ran looking for positions in a new uh, hard rock heavy metal band. And they started uh, Metallica and uh, going into maybe lesson number one. One of, we'll just say one of the more original lineups uh, included James Hetfield, of course, Lars Ulrich, and then you had Cliff Burton, and then, of all people, Dave Mustaine. So some of you maybe follow music, specifically hard rock, even maybe more specifically heavy metal, would recognize Dave Mustaine as the lead singer and founder of Megadeth. He's a phenomenal musician. Absolutely phenomenal, Argu arguably better than all of the other members of Metallica and many, many other bands, of course. Uh, Metallica being the band that it is in that genre, well, probably any genre, honestly, but one of the things that maybe kind of was associated with, with uh, that genre of music and being a band is partying and drinking. The problem with Dave Mustaine was, as a drinker, he was a mean drunk, very mean, uh, violent, 
and it was really toxic. It was a toxic environment uh, in the band, within the band. And I think right away you can translate that over to any business, any small business, really any business period. You have somebody of immense talent, such as Dave Mustaine. Turned out he could write music too. But, you know, as a guitar player, I, I think you could make a strong argument. He's there's really second to none, uh, at least in the metal world, hard rock world. I don't know who you put above them. So you have somebody of extreme talent, extreme, just a terrific skill set for the pos- that position in the band. And yet there's some toxicity. And, you know, what do you do, you know, as a, a band that's looking to make, make its mark. You know, they had kind of already started kill them all. They're, they're already gaining some notoriety. They're already gaining some success. And now the prospect of needing to unload a toxic personality to allow them either to just exist, you know, and continue to exist or, you know, as it turned out, of course, hindsight always 2020, but, turns out to further their success and granted they replaced them with no slouch you know ends up winning guitar player of the year for i believe i believe in justice for all he probably i think he won again for black album but we're talking about kirk hammett the lead guitarist and much different personality i mean if you follow this at all you know the personality differences between Dave Mustaine and Kirk Hammett. Kirk Hammett being very, very laid back, uh, very meek, very modest. Uh, but anyways, it ends up, it's a terrific improvement for the the culture. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about culture. And now you have, you know, four very skilled individuals making something together. Uh, whatever that may be. In this case, we're talking about music. In a shop, we're producing, I think, honestly, when it really boils down to it, what you're producing with a shop, uh, auto repair shop, is an experience. The customer experience. It's kind of a whole package thing. Absolutely involves fixing the car, right? We, we got the uh, the sayings and everything with fixed right the first time and all that. And that there's, you know, very valid. We should be trying to fix everything right the first time. Uh, that would contribute to that customer experience. We want positive customer experiences, but it's a whole and encompasses so much, right? The look of where the customers are going to mainly be, whether that's a waiting area or the office or whatever you want to call it, the counter, the sights, the smells, any other kind of accommodations we may have, but be it coffee and snacks or, you know, cold waters, um, soft drinks, uh, you know, snacks, maybe a nice sitting area, uh, free internet, of course. We could go on and on about the accommodations, right? We don't need to go into details about that, but we're really trying to provide a customer experience, a positive customer experience where they're spending money they don't want to spend on something they don't want to be spending money on. That's what it really boils down to. And will they come back regularly for all their service needs? And will they tell people, about it, like, you know, basically putting in a good word for us, right? That's what we're after. And Metallica, they're trying to, like any artist, they're trying to evoke an emotion, most likely positive. You know, it might be in the case of metal, it's more like angst and uh, 
in some cases, maybe even anger, but it comes out in a positive fashion, right? That is one lesson is, you know, that, that how you create a work environment with personalities, that it's important. And now fast forward a little bit and there's a tragedy while on tour, uh, the bus that they're in flips over and kills Cliff Burton. Arguably, and some people, I think a lot of people would have my back on this, arguably the most well-rounded, for sure the most well-rounded musician in the band, uh, but maybe just flat out the most talented and had such an influence on them to expand outside of their narrow tastes in music. He would be the one popping in Beethoven. Hey, listen to this thing. Listen, no, 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 no. Don't focus on the strings or the piano or whatever that. You know, listen to this. Listen to this beat. Listen to this melody. Listen to this, right? And now he's gone. And not only the loss of talent, that loss of friendship, brotherhood, really. I mean, the amount of time they're spending together, it's a brotherhood. To replace that. And they didn't. And, and they're young, right? I mean, they're, they're in their 20s. And this happens. You could argue, I don't think it's much of an argument. Some of them did not have such great uh, backgrounds, childhoods. I think Lars had was okay, right? Successful family. But anyways, wildly ill-equipped. And a lot of it spent inebriated. And not that we would go through such tragedies and trying to rehire somebody, or not rehire, but hire somebody in somebody's stead, inebriated. But, you know, they go through the process of replacing the irreplaceable. And they bring on a very, very talented musician. I just, I remember an interview where they're marveling that this bassist, Jason Newstead, can downpick with uh, James and Kirk. So, that, I mean, that speaks volumes about his skill set. But he's never one of the band, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think they ever really let him in. The shields go up. And even though he stuck it out for, I think, like 15 years or more, it ends up, this is a very toxic environment. When you listen to the interviews with Metallica, specifically the band members, you'll hear them talk about many times the locomotive the freight train that is Metallica. And I have to believe a lot of owners and managers of their businesses often feel like they're on a freight train. Like it's a runaway train, hopefully successful, but even if it isn't, and, and I'm not saying like it's you know going down in flames by any means, but it's just maintaining. But it's the machine. It's the freight train. It's Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. Get the cars in, get the cars out, get paid, try to make enough money to pay the bills, try to make the money to buy equipment, whatever it is you need to do to sustain the business. I don't think those details are necessarily important, but I can easily see how you would feel like you're on this out of control freight train and you're just holding on for dear life. And you hear them talk about that often. And I mean, granted, we're talking about a wildly, wildly successful band that 
They're making insane amount of money. They're living an insane life. But still, I think a lot of that feeling could translate over that feeling of out of control. And that because of that, because you're so focused on holding on and trying to keep it on the tracks. The toxic environment is never recognized or addressed. And the toxic environment in this case ends up being that there's really two people in charge of Metallica. And and by in charge, I kind of mean in the development of content. Songs are written, lyrics are written by essentially two people. It's Lars and James. The other two, you might as well just be uh, considered uh, instrumentalists. Uh, Very, very little input. And you have artists. These are artists. And one of those is Jason. Because we find out after that, I think it's like 15 years, maybe it was 20. He opts out. He quits the band. That's never happened in Metallica before. Nobody's ever voluntarily left the band. If, if you left, you died, or you were voted out. Nobody just up and decided they're done. They couldn't handle it anymore. And that's what happened. That's what happened with Jason is... Metallica was his creative um, outlet, but he didn't have a lot of creative input. So he starts some side projects and it really was just the outlet. And then, of course, when you uh, an artist like that, the, the feedback is releasing it to the masses and trying to you know get a response. Uh, he certainly didn't need money. He didn't need fame. I think he just needed to that outlet and uh, some kind of a response, you know. And I don't think it would have had to be near the level of Metallica. He wouldn't have needed, you know, millions and millions and millions of fans. Uh, but I think, you know, small groups. I think he was content to play small clubs. But the way Metallica was at the time, very unhealthy. That was not allowed. He was not allowed to do those side projects. He was not allowed to release those. And that was a deal breaker. That ended up being the reason he leaves. And that was so traumatic. You get um, what ends up being, uh, and I, got, I suppose I got to be careful how I word this. Maybe the best way to say it is it causes the response that ends up being the subject matter of the movie documentary, if you will, uh, some kind of monster. And that's where you see the remaining members, James, Kirk, and Lars, seeking uh, therapy. They bring in a therapist who's known to work with, I think it was mainly sports teams, but groups. I would say groups. You know, if you watch it, the guy's kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think it worked. When it really comes down to it, the members in that therapy, whether, you know, how much, you know, credit you want to assign any one entity or entities and such a thing, it worked. And they found out that there's a lot of stuff that was very, very broken inside themselves, inside the group and the group dynamics. And, you know, and I highly recommend the movie. I don't you don't have to be a Metallica fan. I would say as a documentary on uh, business, uh, culture, environment, work environment. 
that I would watch it and try to see it through the eyes rather than, you know, of a fan or a music fan, or this is just a uh, documentary on this, you know, crazy, this you know, crazy band, successful, successful band, whatever, or a bunch of broken people, however you want it. I, I don't think you need to use those lenses. I think you could just look at it as a story of a group, an organism, because that's what it is. And that's what our, our businesses are, our organisms uh, that aren't necessarily healthy. And that's not saying any of you uh, are unhealthy. You know, everybody's got work to do. I think all of us have work to do, right? You know, we're all running programs. That's what we are. We run programs. And if we're not kind of working a program of some sort, whatever that may be, uh, if we're not running a program, our program runs us. And that's not always a good thing. So in this case, they find out that they're a lot of things are broken. They have a lot of things to address. Addiction, of course, James Hetfield notoriously put himself in uh, rehab and kind of dropped out of the band for a while. The band never stopped. I, or I don't want to say they never stopped. They did stop recording and pro- producing content, but they never broke up or anything like that. And uh, But he had the time to go back to work on this aspect of himself. And then, man, he had to open himself even more to find out what would possess somebody to leave. You know, again, I'm sure it's argumentative, but you could argue one way or the other, the biggest band in the world and finding out, yeah, we, we did that. We forced him out. And then uh, towards the end of that documentary, you will hear Lars basically say Metallica has now become the band that Jason wanted to be in. Almost as if he was a sacrificial lamb for Metallica to become the band he wanted to play in. I think that's really, really powerful. To me, it's really, really powerful because how many employees, technicians, managers, whatever position, I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know why I'd list off stuff. It doesn't matter. How many people leave a place of business because it isn't, where they want to work, which I guess sounds somewhat ridiculous. Why else would they leave? But, you know, people don't quit jobs. They quit managers, right? I've heard that. And do we ever really listen to them? Does anybody ever loosen the grip on this freight train a little bit enough to kind of step back and look around? You ever stop and go grab an employee and take them out to lunch? How are things going? How are things going at home? How are things going at work? What are some things, if you could change anything, what would you change? And that's always a dangerous question, right? Because, you know, we could rattle off the perfect place to work. You know, all the benefits and the high pay and all the equipment and all that. Well, okay, yeah, that'd be great. You got to pay for it too. Honestly, I mean, this is where that conversation could lead the manager or owner to step back and go, man, I got to learn how to better run this business. I've taken three employees out to lunch and they all said the same thing. They're really hurting because they don't have health insurance as an example. So all the money I'm paying them doesn't really matter because they're going into debt with all this health medical stuff, whatever it may be. And not even saying they're unhealthy. They got kids, they got checkups, they got 
stuff happens, right? Kids get sick, people get sick, you know, and they get older and other stuff rears its ugly head. And I'm not even talking about like something horrific like cancer, just stuff. It adds up. And they're going into debt because they got nothing. Or what they're having to pay for is just killing them and the premiums. It's just an example. It's not some big campaign to go out and everybody start providing health insurance. Uh, That's probably a very easy argument to make, being that we're supposed to be a very, you know, we're supposed to be professionals. This is supposed to be a professional career where hopefully we could provide our full-time career professionals stuff that many other careers provide. Not saying it's easy either because we know it isn't. But back to uh, Metallica, they now, you could kind of follow up the uh, the viewing and you would see a lot of it in some kind of monster, honestly. Uh, even before they bring on the replacement, uh, who ends up being Robert, the, the new bassist, that um, it's a lot more democratic. I'm not trying to make that sound like, hey, you're, businesses should be a democracy. I'm just saying there's a lot of power in allowing people to feel like they have a say. Hopefully they do have a say uh, in how things are run, especially when it's related to what they're doing. I would think a service advisor should have some say in how SOP would be, the standard operating procedure. And if they find that something isn't working as well as it could, or that maybe they have an idea and they run it by you, and you can say, well, okay, that I know what you're saying. Here's my concern with it. And then they go, oh, I, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, you're right. That was a dumb idea. No, it wasn't a dumb idea. Just keep it coming. And then they can come up with something that's very, very good. Or you work together on, you know, the reason they came up with the idea is they don't like this, whatever, the intake, how, the, how they're taking in customers. And then you guys can brainstorm a better way. You can hear their concerns, acknowledge them. And maybe you don't think of something, but maybe you do. And how much that means to an individual, you know, technicians in the back. It's like, hey, I don't, why do we have the oil filter rack over here? I think it would make more sense over there. Oh, man, that's actually a really good idea. I don't know why I have it over here. I guess we just put it there and never really moved it. But that makes a lot of sense. Move it today. Move it tomorrow. It could be little stuff, simple stuff. Could be big stuff. You know, this hoist sucks. Why? Show me. Okay. Well, how do you know there's better or what's better? Can I get a look at this? Yeah. So-and-so working over here. Would they let us go look at it? Stuff like that. I just feel very strongly that there's a lot of lessons that could be taken from really the um, evolution of Metallica about how how we as leaders in our businesses can affect great change and, uh, you know, in a positive, positive way, of course, great change, improving the work environment, you know, removing the obstacles. I think this is very important that we remove the obstacles that prevent people from not only doing their job as accurately and efficiently as possible, but also remove the obstacles preventing them from joy and work. That's a very, very W. Edwards Deming statement, but it's very, very true. You know, granted, people are people, right? Give them an inch, give them an inch to take a foot or a mile, whatever. But 
there are a lot of things that they can come to you with, real concerns, real hangups, real problems that are not a big deal to solve. And then there's some of them that are a big deal to solve, but they're still worth solving. We're very much in a bad spot when it comes to skilled individuals. They're very difficult to find. There are very, very few shops, very, very few managers I know that have zero issue with finding talent. They're by far the minority, outlier level minority, hardly worth even considering. Most of us struggle to find talent. So why in the world would we not take account of the culture and the environment we have them working in? I think it has a lot to do with getting comfortable on that freight train. And that may be just, you know, feeling like you're out of control, but still taking a minute to look around or maybe understand, you know, work towards slowing the freight train down a little bit or feeling more doing things to make it feel less hectic or runaway that we feel a little bit more confident uh, that it's going to stay on the tracks and now I can, you know, get up and walk about the, you know, walk about the cabin or whatever and just kind of take assessment. So that, uh, that kind of wraps up most of where I was going with that. I think there's a lot to be learned. So go buy some albums, go on uh, Spotify. And when you're taking a break from listening to me, uh, listen to some Metallica, uh, check out some kind of monster, check out. Uh, just on YouTube, there's uh, a couple of documentaries uh, or one of them is called Icon, MTV Icon, where they do talk a little bit more about their history and struggles. And, you know, just step back and think about how they could be translated into our world. I don't think it's that hard. I think it's actually could be a big, big wake up call. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for... Uh, listening. This is Matt Fonslow with Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Again, is there anything you want to hear me talk about? If you want to be on the show, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can find me on uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. And I uh, look forward to the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.